0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Syracuse, New York, with my new friend Linda Lowen of 100thingssyracuse.com. Linda went to graduate school in Syracuse, married her upstairs neighbor, and they've raised a family in the city. She loves that it's a community of builders, creators, and innovators, as evidenced by Micron's decision to spend $100 billion building a tech hub in Syracuse. In this episode, Linda and I talk about sampling local specialties at Salt City Market, seeing the leprechaun door at Tip Hill, and grabbing fresh-baked bed at Columbus Baking Company, whose tiled ovens date back to 1897. you hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting New York State, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Syracuse. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash Acorns to start saving today. Hey, Linda, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk about Syracuse today.
0: I know it's a great city. We've had uh, another guest on, and now we have somebody who actually wrote a book about the city. I know that the it's called Snow City because it gets so much snow. But uh, you know, I think there's a lot more to do than just hitting the snow and and cruising around the town.
1: Also, too, I suspect with global warming, less <laughs> snow. <laughs> you know, more temperate weather. Yeah,
0: right on. So, what's your connection to Syracuse?
1: I came here, oh my gosh, like three, 35, 36 years ago. I came here for graduate school at Syracuse University. A lot of locals will say that they came here for school. And I contemplated leaving several times, but I moved into a two family house during graduate school. I dropped out of graduate school, by the way, but I ended up marrying my upstairs neighbor. So that's sort of a way to lock you down. <laughs> you know, that's the real, the realtors and the, uh, you know, the traveling tourism should just put random people out there to date and marry and then you're you're a permanent resident forever
0: for sure you never know how you're just going to randomly bump into somebody they're going to change your life forever
1: absolutely and what's funny is that he had just come from new york city from manhattan and i had grown up and was born in queens so there you go
0: oh right on so obviously like you said that uh, syracuse university is a, a one of the anchors of the town. It's a fantastic school. I know they have a lot of great sports programs and and a lot of educational programs as well. What are some of the other things to do when when you're visiting Syracuse?
1: Oh, well, Syracuse is a big sports town and but, you know, I actually am somebody who is very involved in the arts. I'm a local theater reviewer for the paper. So I know all about that world um, and also too, love to go out there and walk, take a hike. And so we are a city that has lots and lots and lots of excellent walking trails. We have the Erie Canal that runs through portions of town. We're very close to some terrific little uh, ski resorts. Uh, there's great apple picking. There's terrific orchards and farmlands and farmer's markets. We are a cornucopia of all sorts of things that are fresh and delicious. And, you know, we're definitely a farm-to-table city.
0: Well, that sounds fantastic. I love uh, I love the fresh food and, and all the fun activities that are there. When people are planning their visit to Syracuse, There's obviously snow in the the wintertime. What's the weather like throughout the year? And are there certain festivals that maybe somebody wants to plan their trip around?
1: Well, festivals for us, aside from the one big one that happens in winter, which is aptly named Winterfest, typically our festivals kick off in June. And a lot of people do come here in the summertime, especially because the university lets out, so we are less of a college town and more of a family-friendly town. But I would say if you really want to come and get a sense of Syracuse and what it's known for, will definitely then come for Winterfest. I mean, we are a typical winter city. And what does our Winterfest have? We have ice sculptures. We have outdoor activities. We have a chili cook-off. We also have, you know, you go go from restaurant to restaurant, uh, try sample dishes here and there. So when Winterfest comes around, it's a chance for people to get out. If you're not a skier, if you're not a skater, if you're not a cross-country skater, sometimes you might say, well, what is there to do? Well, Winterfest is a reminder that the city goes on, even though the snow falls. And so it's it's nice to get out and to go downtown and to try new restaurants and to see what's going on. And, you know, there's live music, there's live performances, all sorts of stuff.
0: Right on. Yeah. When well, you mentioned like the snow coming in. I read something that that I guess you guys win the, the golden snowball a lot of times where you get the most snow, the city with the most snow.
1: We compete with Rochester and Buffalo, and Syracuse is in something called the snow belt. So what happens is is that we get these storms, winds basically coming across Lake Ontario, one of the Great Lakes, picks up a lot of moisture, and it happens to dump them right on top of Syracuse. So yes, we. Uh, what do we average? I think I think our our highest snowfall was one hundred ninety seven inches. Oh wow! Yeah, so just just under what eleven feet? Yeah.
0: That's pretty amazing. So, okay. Let's talk about like, how we we get to Syracuse? Is there an airport that's right there or do we fly into one of the other cities that's nearby and then drive in? How do we do that?
1: Syracuse is blessed with an incredible airport. And it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I was just talking to uh, to one of the folks at the airport. It's actually a weirdly an arts center. They had some sort of poetry performance because they had people writing about flying and they gave away a pair of free tickets to the adult prize winner and the uh, teenager who was uh, the winner, a poetry about flying. I know, but that's the kind of airport we have. It also has a built-in museum. You can climb inside the cockpit of a plane. It's got this little hidden area, which is sort of like a, a mini history museum of Syracuse. Great Adirondack chairs to sit in. So yes, we do have a full service. I believe it is considered Syracuse International Airport. So it's definitely easy to navigate, really only two terminals. And quick to get in and out of. I mean, I am always telling people because they get panicked. Oh, I gotta go to the airport. Like it's a 15 minute drive from my house. TSA is pretty easy unless you're going through a a major, you know, the big holidays, but it's it's a terrifically navigable airport served by taxi service as well as the usual rideshare programs and uh very, very easy to get in and out of. And often too, you can find some cheap flights.
0: Cool. Okay, so yeah, I, I'm here in Nashville. I would, I probably would have to connect, especially if I fly Southwest, right? But say when, once we get there, uh, you mentioned like rideshare services and everything. Will we use rideshare, or do we need to rent a car? What's the best way to get around it once we arrive at the airport?
1: The best way, really. I'm just going to be honest. You probably should rent a car because we are the typical sprawling urban area we do have public transportation but that public transportation tends to be buses not everybody's comfortable on a bus we do not have trains um, except for Amtrak which serves the city well obviously not big enough for a subway system and you know the monorail stopped working years ago (laughs) (laughs) so yes I'd suggest renting a car
0: okay where should we stay For a hotel? I mean, probably have most of the big chains there, but are there any like boutique or like local uh, hotels that really have a lot of character?
1: Well, if you are going to stay at the throbbing heartbeat of Syracuse, the hotel that everybody thinks fondly of, that would be the Hotel Syracuse. And uh, I believe that's Marriott. We're particularly proud of it because it had been shuttered for a number of years. And it's one of those old hotels with a grand ballroom and then like a secondary ballroom. And that also has a museum inside that pays tribute to Central City. So that's a hotel that's downtown. It's walkable to a lot of great places, including the Salt City Market, which is our public market with restaurants. And it's a great place to, to go for, for meals. I'd suggest that. There's also, uh I think it's the uh Jefferson Clinton Hotel in, in in Armory Square but if you really want to stay at one of those funky hotels that was built years ago with the pie shaped room I would say go stay at the Crown Plaza but I will be honest it towers over a major artery in Syracuse, Route 81. So you have to realize you may hear some traffic sounds. Once I heard about a famous celebrity who was put up at the Crown Plaza and he said, I heard the traffic and he thought that was a bad thing. So <laughs> don't get a lower floor room.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know that's why you travel with earplugs if you have to.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Let's talk about some of the different attractions we should visit while we're there in, in Syracuse. What Are there like some really cool museums or other different types of attractions that we should look at?
1: Well, if you can't make it to Paris and you want to see an I.M. Pei Design Museum, because he did do that glass pyramid, his first museum was actually designed here in Syracuse, and it is the Everson. So that is an example of Brutalist architecture. It's very concrete. It's very stark. It has one entry that you go in. Inside, it's an amazing space, but it's a a terrific collection of American art and ceramics. Other places to go in Syracuse. If you are into the history of New York State, you know, the Erie Canal, we have Clinton Square, which has a sort of, they've added a water feature Over the past 10, 15 years, which it doesn't exactly replicate the Erie Canal, but it's got fountains in the summer and ice skating in the winter. And there's a terrific tour that you can get on your phone through the Onondaga Historical Association and the Downtown Committee of Syracuse, which takes you on a walking tour of over 60 buildings and it gives you all the the details. So if you are an architecture person or a history buff, you'll enjoy that.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, cause I a lot of times I like going to museums and seeing the actual architecture of the building more so than like a lot of the things that are inside.
1: Yeah. And uh, we are also uh, a source. The Underground Railroad came through here. So there are a number of buildings. There's a little bit of background on where, uh, you know, the enslaved folks were hidden before they were snuck out of town. And right on Clinton Square, there's something called the Jerry Rescue Monument, which to me, I think of it as the first example of Black Lives Matter, where, you know, white folks and black folks came together to break a guy out of jail and uh, send him off to freedom.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I was looking around at the uh, the Syracuse Visitors Bureau's website, and I saw some other really cool things. Uh, I guess there's like the Brewster Inn has like a really cool like features about it.
1: Oh, yes. So if you're going to go to the Brewster Inn, it's probably smart of you to rent a car. So Syracuse is surrounded by a number of lakes. We just border on a place called Onondaga Lake. And though it's a beautiful lake and it's surrounded by terrific parks and walking trails, biking trails, a lot of people go there for their daily exercise. It's not a lake that's really swimmable and it doesn't really have restaurants bordering it. So for somebody who wants that sort of classic upstate New York gilded age mansion, I always Say hey, head to Casanova. It's about a half-hour drive outside of the city, up in the hills, and you can go to the Brewster Inn, which is just terrific example of fine dining, and it is an inn as well as being a restaurant. And they also have a fantastic Sunday brunch. So I, I do recommend the Brewster Inn.
0: Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, like you said, based on its location versus the versus the city uh, and the distance driving back and forth, maybe you spend like a, a night there if you want that experience. And then stay in another hotel that's actually more like in town. If you be able to see all the other things going on in, in Syracuse,
1: you could. You know what? Definitely look at their website. Sometimes they have rooms available, sometimes not. It is a big wedding venue, so that does take up some space. But you know, I would say another thing to uh, consider would be if you're going to eat in town you have to do something Irish. Come on, because we are a big community that celebrates all things Irish. So I would say consider something downtown like uh, Kitty Hoyne's Irish pub in the Armory Square area, or head out to Coleman's on Tipperary Hill. I think you can tell with a name like Tipperary Hill who's settled there. It's a big, big uh, Irish community.
0: Nice. Yeah. And I was looking about uh, Tipperary Hill. The locals call it Tip Hill. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, they do call it Tip Hill. And its I'll tell you, there's an oddity there that may not exist anywhere else in the world. It's what we call the upside down, the green on top stoplight because the stoplight has the green light on top most stoplights have the red light on top and the story goes that the irish immigrants were so incensed at the idea that red i guess representing the british would come on top of the irish green so that every time they installed a stoplight the kids and maybe not so <laughs> not so young would throw rocks knock the light out and then they'd have to replace it so finally They got dispensation from Department of Transportation, I don't know, years ago. So it is the upside on stoplight, green on top.
0: (laughs) uh, It's always cool to hear like these random stories about oddities, because there's always a reason. And sometimes it's a a rational reason, and sometimes it's just, you know, hey, we just wanted to be able to do something a little odd.
1: Well, I'll tell you, we are so proud of it that locals gave money to actually an art installation. It's called the Stone Thrower's Monument. So it's a father pointing to a light and his wife stands by him and the two kids are listening to dad tell the story of how they threw the threw the rocks and, and knocked <laughs> the light out. We're rebels here in Syracuse.
0: Exactly. Nothing like enshrining you know, some uh, some vandalism, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> now, there's another really cool thing. You're know, speaking of the Irish and obviously leprechauns are, are kind of like the Irish lore. There's another, like a leprechaun thing that's there uh, pretty nearby, right?
1: Yeah, so at Coleman's, There is the leprechaun door. I think, what is it? 15 inches high? It's quite small. And, you know, (laughs) there's always someone who says, oh, does it open? Can I crawl through? But Coleman's is probably the epicenter of all things Irish, not only on St. Patty's Day, but they have a big, big, big deal there in Tip Hill. It's called Green Beer Sunday. So it's the last Sunday of February. And they paint a big shamrock under the light. They have the shortest parade ever from under the light to Coleman's, which is just over a block. And it's a big deal. And then a big tankard comes up and it dispenses green beer.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So this is all this all happens at, at Coleman's Irish pub.
0: Right on. And then obviously, you know, there's a lot of Irish there, but there's also a like an area of town that's like the on the Italian side as well, right?
1: Oh yes. Yeah. So some people call it the north side, some people call it Little Italy. And it really is. It's it's a part of town where you might walk through there and you might hear people just Speaking Italian. One of the best parts of the area would be if you really like imported groceries and you want that sort of old world Italy feel, go to Lombardi's, which is an Italian import place. But the best place to go to, because literally you'll think that you went back in time, you got to go to Columbus Baking Company. Because when you walk in the door, there's a cash register. There isn't a computer in sight. It's a long, skinny room. It's got tiled ovens that date back to 1897. And what they do is they form and shape the bread. They lay it on these canvas tarps which are laid on top of wooden frames they're pushed into the tiled ovens and the bread that comes out is amazing it's actually been featured in a number of national uh, magazines i think Sevour magazine did a feature on columbus baking company you want it fresh out of the oven and do not even think that you could pay with anything other than cash they're a cash only business
0: oh yeah i'm gonna have to stop at the atm because i'm normally a, a credit card person on everything, so uh, I don't want to be interrupted, and uh, I don't want to insult them by showing up with a credit card. Now, like you said about, uh, about Lombardi's imports, never, never break the pasta, right? Otherwise, you're going to end up in the lake with like a
1: You know, it's funny. Did I share that with you? I'm married to an Italian guy. And uh, yeah. Oh, no, you don't break. You don't crack the pasta. (laughs) You absolutely do not. But Lombardi's has a fantastic, uh, you know, they have dry pasta. Obviously, they have fresh pasta. And uh, really just, you know, you go there. It's got an incredible wall of espresso pots. I mean, wow. You know, coffee pots. Amazing. And obviously, vats of things, delicacies, all sorts of pickled and olives and you name it. It's there.
0: Sounds like a wonderful spot to show up at. It is. So a couple quick questions. Okay. If I'm uh, there with my kids and we're getting ready to run around town all day and, and check out everything, where would we go for a, a good breakfast before the, before we start the day?
1: Wow. We are great for diners because Syracuse specializes in something called the fritta or Frittata. There's a million names for it. Some of the favorites, uh, Little Gem has been a longtime favorite. That's over on Spencer Street. Uh, A lot of people like going to Stella's, and that's over on Wolf, I believe. I like the Marketplace Diner because it's right by the Central New York Regional Market, which is one of the truly great farmer's markets on Saturdays. They open at 7 and they run until just around noon, and they, and they also have a flea market on Sunday. So it's exactly what you would imagine. Um, you know, <laughs> it's open air. Some of the stalls are covered, some are open air. Uh, farmers come, and it is the freshest food you could possibly imagine. I highly recommend the farmers market. So for that reason, I would say go grab a bite to eat at the marketplace diner before you go.
0: Yeah, my wife would absolutely love being able to walk around and, and checking out all the local farmers. Sure. Oh, you
1: know what? But I will say this. I have, to put, I have to give a shout out. If you really want the best breakfast in Syracuse, everybody pretty much agrees. Hands down, it's Mother's Cupboard. It's this little hole in the wall. It's a red-sided diner. It looks like nothing from the outside. And it's in Eastwood, but it's been featured on, uh, what is it, the Travel Channels, Diners, Drive-Ins. All the food is bigger than your head. <laughs> you know, when my adult daughters come and visit, they say, oh, we got to go. We absolutely have to go to Mother's Cupboard.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, I think for my travels anyways, a lot of times it's like the place that's the most unassuming from the outside generally has like the best food on the inside.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? You'll be intimidated because you think, oh, they can't possibly move us through fast. They're very fast, very efficient. The food comes lightning fast. And everybody is just, I mean, it's like they're all showmen over there. Great servers. Yeah, very homey.
0: That's cool. Okay, uh, last one. If somebody like, say we want to be able to have like a sweet treat or like ice cream or a little candy or chocolate or something like that, where would we go for that?
1: All right. So Syracuse is known for having the chocolate pizza company. Everything about this from the crust to the toppings, it's all chocolate. Um, They're located in the small town just outside of Syracuse. Again, another 20 minute drive, that would be called Marcellus. So go and grab a chocolate pizza. But really, if you're into ice cream You have to go to Gannon's in the Valley. Gannon's makes their own homemade ice cream. A particular favorite is chocolate raspberry truffle. They have 200 flavors in rotation and 35, 36 at any given time. The lines are always very long at Gannon's. Another place to go, but they're only seasonal, would be sweet treats, which is over in Liverpool. And they also do good ice cream.
0: Perfect. That sounds great. Well, Linda, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Syracuse. I learned a lot, and I can't wait to come out there. I may be there uh, at the end of February because I want to go check out the green beer. But uh, now it's time for the <laughs> now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Syracuse, where should they go and what should they eat?
1: Everybody loves Dinosaur Barbecue. It is the place that has put us on the map for barbecue. You wouldn't think that. Syracuse, so, I, so I would say definitely go there. But I'll be honest, you'll always encounter a wait. And if you really want to do something a little more than a because dinosaur barbecue is definitely it's, it's a mood. It's a vibe. It's a biker bar. If you want to do something that's a real sit down, this is really off the map. But it's a fantastic place. It's called the Cider Mill. It's on Fay Road, I believe. But You know it's good when a Food Network chef, Ann Burrell, who came to Syracuse for her wedding, she has local connections, she had them cater her wedding. So they're great.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, What do you order when you go?
1: Oh, well, you know what? So the Parmesan garlic chicken wings. They had me at those wings. I mean, you know, and I, I, I love hot wings. So it's usually, don't waste my time with any wing other than a hot wing. But they do an amazing Parmesan garlic wing. And you know what? The thing about the cider mill is that the food, the taste is, taste is always great. But a truly great restaurant knows about texture. In other words, they'll cook a piece of salmon just to that point where the inside is slightly translucent, but the outside is tender. I mean, they, they've never done a cut of meat or fish or poultry wrong. It's always perfectly, perfectly cooked.
0: That sounds amazing. Now, like you say, you've been in, in Syracuse for many years, basically since college. And so throughout the time of year, you have a lot of different great memories uh, what's one of the most memorable stories that you have?
1: You know what? I would say that I can't exactly root it in one thing, but it, it, again, it's another mood. It's another vibe. There's nothing like being in Syracuse when every weather outlet is telling you a mighty storm is coming. Why? Because the city, the city shops until the, the, the shelves are bare. But what's great is that everybody hunkers down. If you happen to be in Syracuse in the midst of a snowstorm, in the very worst of it, Get dressed warmly, make sure you have boots, and go outside. There's nothing like hearing the silence of a city that is just under an onslaught of snow. You can literally hear the snowfall. So I would say my happiest memories of Syracuse are walking through the streets, whether it's downtown or in my neighborhood, and just listening to the gentle fall of snowflakes.
0: Yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah, it's sometimes like one of the things. You hear like the constant hustle and bustle and all the noise from the cars and everything else going on and being able to hear that silence is like transports you to another world sometimes. It does. Right on. Well speaking of good memories, uh where's the happiest, happy hour in Syracuse?
1: Armory Square has so many great places, the greatest density of uh bars and taverns. You know, I like robust, so I've mentioned it before. But if you want to really feel a taste of Ireland downtown and you can't make it out to Tip Hill go to Coleman's you definitely want to go to Kitty Hoynes. Kitty Hoynes is one of those bars there's a massive mirror behind the bar Um, they've got some great Irish music some nights but definitely it's an Irish cheers because everybody knows your name Kitty Hoynes.
0: Oh that's fantastic now one of the things I always do when I travel is uh, check out the local pizza what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Syracuse?
1: Well, pizza in Syracuse is really all about neighborhood loyalty. And again, you know, good pizza varies, but I will talk about this in terms of East versus West, because that's how we look at our pizza. So. In the west, which is over in the vicinity of the state fairgrounds, everybody loves Twin Trees and Salve. It's a thing, and I've definitely had their pizza. It's very good. In the east, it's not as well known, and it's not like a sit-down restaurant like Twin Trees, but there's Mario and Salvo's in DeWitt, and uh, you know that's in a little plaza. It's kind of tough to park there, but the pizza is very good. But I am going to let you in on an insider favorite and it's called Robbie T's in Jamesville. Now, Robbie T's is a hole in the wall, but everybody agrees you go there for Robbie T himself. He's always behind the counter. He greets you as if you have been best friends for 20 years. His pizza's pretty good, but he's just such a cheerleader for his community that that's why Robbie T's remains successful for decades.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. I mean, it's like, those local personalities are really what make like the whole experience.
1: Absolutely, and so Robbie t's is a thing. Will it be the best pizza you've ever eaten? No, but you'll never forget the guy.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I, I think that's really what it's all about—is like having those wonderful memories. You know, that's why the reason why we travel.
1: It is the reason why. You know, I, somebody has asked me, "What's one word that you would?" Uh, define your city would as being an I cheat, I always use what's called a portmanteau, which is you know, two words combined into one. So I call it a friendable, which is affordable and friendly. And Robbie T's is a friendable. It's affordable pizza. It's not very <laughs> expensive and he's just such a friendly guy.
0: Perfect. It's all about like I'm, you know, sometimes people call me cheap, sometimes frugal. I look at it as I want value and I'm all about that value and it seems like he's, uh, he's delivers, you know, for sure. So speaking of uh, speaking of travel, uh, I know that you've written a couple of books on, on Syracuse. You're, you're kind of like that local personality yourself in, in some ways. What's your best travel tip?
1: My best travel tip actually evolved out of all that TSA stuff and COVID. And, you know, sometimes you have to pick up and go in a blink of an eye. And there's nothing worse than getting to TSA and all of a sudden you have to dump all your liquids because you didn't put them in the right size containers. So I literally tell people my best travel advice is do yourself a solid, and I mean literally, because I no longer travel with liquids. I choose everything solid. So I have solid shampoo, solid conditioner, solid deodorant. And I have ended up buying them from a place called Lush Cosmetics. You'll see it in many malls. They're online, Lush Fresh Cosmetics. And what I like about Lush is that I literally take the round solid shampoo and the round conditioner. I cut them in half. So I put half and half in a single tin. So easy to deal with. And you never have to worry about taking it out in one of those little plastic baggies. So annoying, right?
0: That's really cool. I got around that by just shaving my head. I don't have to worry about shampoo or, or conditioner.
1: You know, yeah, so. but you do use deodorant, <laughs> right? I hope. So it's solid deodorant yes. too. They they have it also in bar form. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, Linda, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: I am actually a writer. I don't travel that much, but when I do, I'm really particular and I plan very good trips, but I only do it for me. So I'm not touting myself as a travel agent, but I am a, I'm a writer. I'm a writing instructor. And what I focus on doing is I bring writers to seaside locations in the off season and I get them to write the thing that they've always wanted to write. That's my career. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that I turn out probably 50 articles a month uh, for either for myself or for, for my clients. And sometimes you just got like that brain lock and you can't get the words out and going to an ideal like a location like that sounds like a perfect way to kind of unjam yourself
1: lee there's a book in you we'll get you out there sometime <laughs> and you know i'm also the author of a uh, hundred things to do in syracuse before you die so and i'm and i'm also working on a new book about syracuse called secret syracuse a guide to the weird wonderful and obscure
0: right on yes yeah, it's, it's always a pleasure to have really authors on our show uh you guys are like a encyclopedic nature of of all the the cool things to do that Google and and Yelp and stuff like that don't even, they can't even hold a candle to you.
1: When you live here, you live here and you know what's good. Yeah,
0: (laughs) for sure. So if somebody has questions about your books, about your retreats or about Syracuse, what's the best way to reach you on social media?
1: Oh, you can find me at my website, lindaloen.com. You can also find anything you want about Syracuse, and I'm happy to answer questions through that, 100thingssyracuse.com. You know what? I have Twitter and I have Instagram, but I don't do it because it's another rabbit hole that I go down. And instead of being on a device, I'd rather be out in my community meeting people and talking things up. So
0: Perfect. So if there's a contact form on your website, then we'll just have people go there, right?
1: Absolutely. Yep. And I do read everything and I respond to them.
0: Perfect. Well, we'll definitely include links to all of this in the show notes. And Linda, it's been a pleasure talking to you and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there.
1: Thank you so much for letting me be the head cheerleader for Syracuse, New York.
0: What an awesome conversation with Linda. I can't wait to nibble on all the amazing options at Salt City Market. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Syracuse. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we head to Buenos Aires, Argentina, to speak with my new friend Carolina Gocapi of SATADVentures.com. In this episode, Carolina and I talk about visiting the San Telmo market, exploring the books at El Ateneo, and taking tango lessons with Carolina Buenaventura. I hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.